0: Welcome to Storytime with Bron. I'm your host, Bron Rauk mitchell Come, sit with me under the story tree as I weave a tale or two for you. Greetings and salutations, I'm Bron Rauk mitchell aka The Story Weaver. Welcome to The Story Weaver's Realm. This is Day 3 of the 13 Days of Christmas unfortunately it's a little bit tardy again Uh, we seem to be hitting some obstacles lately tonight i did go to do a live stream which i thought would be a lot of fun but unfortunately technology let me down so we'll try that again later for now i'm back to video i would like to start with the life story of santa claus which features some really beautiful illustrations by les lippmann Chapter One, Nicholas Becomes an Orphan Once upon a time, long, long ago, in a tiny village in Finland, on the shores of the Baltic Sea, there lived a poor fisherman and his wife. They had been blessed with two beautiful children. Nicholas was a boy of four, and his sister Kathy a baby, when this story began. This happy little family lived in a simple cottage, built of heavy stone blocks, keep out the freezing north winter winds. Even though they were poor, their home was filled with love. On cold winter nights, when the father returned home after fishing all day on the rough seas, they would all sit around a great open fire. Father puffing on his pipe and mother busily knitting would watch the children playing happily on the floor. One evening, Nicholas was busy carving a small doll from a piece of wood, while Kathy was watching him. Father said, Mother, I wish Nicholas would come down to the boat with me and learn to mend nets, rather than making little toys and always carrying Kathy around with him. It is not natural for a boy to be like that. His wife answered, Nicholas is hardly more than a baby himself, and I think we should be pleased that he cares so much for his little sister. Time enough for him to learn to be a fisherman when he grows up. Time enough, I suppose. He is a good boy, and he will be a better man for learning to be kind to small children. In this way, the family may have gone on for years, until the father and mother were old, Nicholas had taken over his father's fishing boat, and Kathy had grown into a lovely young girl and married. But on one tragic night, everything was changed. Little Cathy lay in her cot, tossing feverishly, and her mother bent over her with great concern. Taking her eyes from the hot little face now and again to glance towards the door, she strained her ears for the sound of footsteps. Her husband was late tonight of all nights when he was needed to run to the other end of the village for the doctor. As the minutes dragged by, the storm outside became worse. Mother's fears for the safety of her husband and the cries of poor sick Kathy made her decision to take action. She got up from beside the cot, put on her old overcoat and spoke to Nicholas, who was trying to comfort his little sister. Listen to me Nicholas, Your father is late, I have to go for the doctor and leave you alone with Cathy, so take care of her until I get back. Please see that she stays covered and wet this cloth every now and again for her forehead. It may help to ease her fever. Nicholas nodded seriously. Of course I'll take care of Cathy. His mother patted his head, smiled at him and went out into the cold, wild black night. Nicholas watched Kathy for many hours until she stopped tossing the covers aside, and her hot little forehead grew cooler and cooler to his touch, and her face became white. The ashes in the fire turned black, then grey. Nicholas's head nodded and he fell asleep on the floor beside the cot. That is the way the villagers found him next morning, when they came to tell him that his father had been drowned in the storm and that they had found the body of his poor mother, who had been killed by a falling tree. Now of the once happy little family of four, there was only Nicholas left. He was an orphan. Chapter 2 The First Christmas Toys The fishermen of the village smoked one pipe after another and talked a long time over the problem. Their good wives gathered together, and their tongues were as busy as their knitting needles. The only discussion going on everywhere was, What to do for poor Nicholas? Kristen, wife of Hans the pipe-maker, said, None of us wish to see the poor boy left out in the cold, hungry and alone. Hans and I have five little ones of our own, so I don't think we can take him to live with us. Yes, agreed Mrs Helen Grozick. With a long winter set in, the men are hardly able to go out in their boats. We do not know where our food is coming from, and there is a great scarcity of fuel. All the women shivered and drew closer to the big log fire. There were many sad sighs. As one of the women stood up, she poked at the fire thoughtfully. We could take Nicholas for a while, she said. Jan had some good fishing catches last season, "'and we put something aside to last out the long winter. "'We only have three children, "'and there is a bed in the storeroom where he could sleep. "'Mind you,' she said quickly as she noticed the look of relief "'spreading over the faces of the other women, "'we may not have a crust of bread to eat ourselves next winter, "'and also I feel that everybody in the village should take a turn.' "'Mrs Badfren agreed.' Quite right, she said to the other women, and turning to the group, she suge- "She suggested they could each take Nicholas for a year, and in that way he would grow up able to look after himself. This way the families agreed to help Nicholas until he reached the age of 15. All the women laughed with relief, for they felt very virtuous of having promised to provide a home for Nicholas. They all got up, put on their scarves, coats and gloves, and went out into the cold winter air. "'Will you find my Jan at the shop, called Greta, after the last woman to leave? Tell him to pick up Nicholas from where he has been staying and bring him home.' She then started cooking, for with all the talk of Nicholas, she had forgotten the Christmas feast next day. So it was that Nicholas went to his first home for a year, on that Christmas Eve. The kindly Bavron family tried to make the lonely little boy forget the sad events of the past week, but in spite of the fun and games going on all around him, Nicholas wanted to be alone. He curled up in a corner of the storeroom, his little body racked with sobs for the loss of his dear mother, father and little sister Kathy. Then the door opened and Nicholas saw a little boy standing there. What do you want? Nicholas asked rudely. Go away, I want to be alone. The other little boy was crying too and he said, I've, I've broken my new boat. It was given to me for Christmas. Father has gone out and my mother cannot fix it. Nicholas dried his eyes and forgot his own grief for the moment. He took the boat in his hand. I will fix it for you he said, and walked into the other room where the other children were playing together. As a year passed by, Nicholas was able to forget his grief in this happy, busy family. The Bavarian children played with him and quarrelled with him, and made him their new brother. Nicholas was very grateful for the happy year he spent with his new brothers and sister, whom he had grown to love. When Christmas Day was getting close and the family talked of Nicholas leaving them, He became confused and frightened, yet his main thoughts were how he could repay the Bavarin family for their kindness to him. Nicholas wished he could give them all a gift, but the only things he owned were the clothes he wore, an extra coat and trousers, an old sea chest, and the jackknife which had belonged to his father. Suddenly a wonderful idea came into his head. He would carve some toys for the children just as he had done for his dear Kathy. During the last two weeks of his stay he worked in secret behind the closed door of the storeroom Nicholas struggled ferociously to get sorry furiously to get the toys ready for Christmas morning as he knew that he must leave on Christmas day The toys were finally finished and Nicholas gave them a last loving polish He had made a pretty doll dressed in a bright red skirt for Margaret a boat for Johann and a beautiful sleigh for his playmate and friend Otto. The next day the children wept loudly as Nicholas packed his things, and Mr. Bavron waited to take him to the home of Hans the rope maker. The little orphan drew from behind his back the rough little toys he had made, and when he saw the children's pleasure in their gifts, he was so pleased that he did not feel like crying himself. A lovely glow spread over his heart when he saw their happy faces and heard their thanks. Goodbye, Margaret. Goodbye, Johan. Goodbye, Otto. Next Christmas, I shall be able to make you even better toys. With this promise, Nicholas bravely left them. His small figure turned away from the happy scene to face the uncertainty of the year ahead with a new family. His face was sad, yet his bright blue eyes were warm with the thought of the happiness he had left behind. Well, he thought to himself as they approached the rope maker's house, maybe the five children here will be just as nice to me as the friends, and I can make toys for them too. Christmas can be a happy day for me, even if it is my moving day. Chapter 3 The First Sleigh Ride The Christmas days that followed were happy ones for Nicholas and for the children of the many families he lived with each year. At the home of the rope maker Hans, he learned how to untangle and wind lengths of twine and how to mend fishing nets. Nicholas discovered that by loosening strands of coloured hemp, he could make the most wonderful lifelike hair for his wooden dolls. After his year with Hans, his wife and their five small children Nicholas was able to leave a toy on Christmas Day for each of the little ones. He also kept his promise to the Bavarins and made a special trip to their house with their gifts. And so it happened as the years went by, Nicholas grew more and more skillful with his father's jackknife, and all the children of the village came to expect one of Nicholas's toys for Christmas. No child was ever disappointed for the young woodcover always remembered exactly what each child would like. The fishermen's sons received toy boats built just as carefully as their father's real ones. Little girls were delighted by the dolls that had real hair and also with tables and chairs so they could play at being grown-up women having tea parties. As Nicholas grew into a tall, strong boy, he was also given jobs to help the families with whom he lived. In spring, he would happily help dig the hard soil, and plant vegetables which they picked and then stored for winter. During the summer, he would help with the boats, mend the nets, take care of the chickens, cows and horses, and in one wealthy household, he even had reindeer to look after. During the winter, Nicholas attended school with the other children, learning how to read and write in return for cutting wood for the teacher's fire and doing other odd jobs around the school. One particular cold winter's day, Nicholas was on his way to school, trudging along the snowy country road, dragging behind him a sled loaded with logs of wood. Now fourteen years old, he was tall and thin, dressed in a long heavy tunic, like all the other boys in the village, with yellow woolen home-knitted leggings and a black cap pulled down over his yellow hair. His eyes were blue and twinkling and his cheeks rosy from the cold winter air. He whistled happily because in a week it would be Christmas again and he would have to make his last change of family. He remembered and thought about his box full of toys, one for every child in the village. It was the first year he had been able to do this and the thought of his visits on Christmas morning when he would deliver to every child one of his famous toys, made him skip along, even though he was pulling the heavy sled filled with wood. When at last he arrived at the schoolmaster's cottage, he was attracted to the group of schoolboys, who instead of running around playing their usual games in the snow, were gathered together in one big group, excitedly discussing something. As Nicholas entered the yard, they rushed over to him and began talking to him all at once. their faces glowing with the wonderful exciting news they had to tell. Oh, Nicholas, there's going to be a race on sleds Christmas morning and the squire is going to... He's going to give a prize to the one who... No, no, let me tell him. Listen, Nicholas, it's going to start... Nicholas turned a bewildered look from one eager speaker to another. What are you all trying to say? One at a time, please, boys. Let Otto talk. Otto, what's all this about a prize and races and the squire? Otto, feeling important, drew himself up, took a long breath and began to talk fast so that no one would interrupt him. There's going to be a big sled race on Christmas morning. All the boys in the village are to start with their sleds at the squire's gate at the top of the hill and the first one who gets back to the pine tree at the back of the squire's vegetable garden on the other side of the house wins the prize. A big new sled. With steel runners, all the boys chorused delightedly. With steel runners, echoed Nicholas in an awed whisper. Go on Otto how are you supposed to go up the hill on a sled and where else does the race go otto frowned at the others for silence and continued well you coast down the long hill and that will carry you across the frozen creek at the bottom then there's that patch of trees near the woodcutter's cottage now here's where the fun comes in every place you can't coast you have to pull or carry your sled there are about three fences to go over The Grosics, the Bavarans and the Pavliks. Then you have to go through the Black Forest where you know there are some clear hilly stretches and other places where you can't coast because of the trees. After you go through the Black Forest, there's a long slide down to the village park then back across the creek at the rapids where it isn't frozen then up the long hill beside the squires to the big pine. How's that for a race? Otto paused for a breath. And the others all then started again. Nicholas, you'll have to enter, won't you? It's not a bad sled. That's not a bad sled you have, even if you did. Quiet, whispered another. It isn't nice to remind Nicholas that he made his own sled when our fathers bought ours for us. But Nicholas was not listening to the conversation. He was thinking fast. Finally, he turned to the others and asked, What time does the race start? And I will leave it there for now. Thank you for joining me for 13 Days of Christmas in the story weaver's realm. And I'll be back tomorrow with some more of The Life of Santa Claus, or The Graveyard Book, or Ninja Inspiration, or maybe all three